0: Last week, last week I spoke to us about hearing God. Was it a long week last week, have you forgot? It's important we hear the voice of God. Well, to some of you it's not, but to others it is. It's so so important that we be able to hear God. God has a church that can hear his voice. What we've what the church has tend to settle for is going to a church when they can hear about God rather than listening to God. There's a lot of places we can go and hear about God. You know that? In fact you don't even have to go to church to to hear about God. You can go to a mosque. You can go to various places and hear about God but to hear God requires a different technology. Last week I told us uh, from Scripture that the Bible tells us to consider carefully what we hear. Yes? yes? Consider carefully what you hear. Take care what you listen to because by the measure You use, or the standard of the measure, he'll be measured to you, and more will be given besides. So if you hear right, and you consider before you listen, and and you think about what you're going to listen to, and who you're going to listen to, the measure that can come to you is phenomenal. A lot can be added when you listen accurately. Yeah? And then he says in Luke 18, you'd have to turn to it, I'm just quoting, giving you an update of what I said. Take care how you listen. How you listen is just as important as what. Are you attentive? Do you take notes? Do you engage the person when they're speaking? All these things are important. You know, if you think about this in a marriage content, in a relational content, what we listen to our spouse tell us and how we listen are very often two different things. And what she says or what I thought she said and vice versa can often get us in trouble. True? And uh, then we have a row and we say, you didn't listen to me. And then the other person says, oh, I heard you're all right. Yeah, it's, you heard, but it's what did you hear? And uh, this is the whole point of communication going to the receiver. The receiver has to decode it and then has to resend it. Yeah, And very often, you've ever heard the the line that says, send me some troops, we're going to advance. And the message was interpreted, send me some boots, we're going to a dance. No, 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 no. Send me some troops, troops, troops. We want to advance. And they send some boots because they think they're going to a dance. I mean, can you get any more clearer as to how communication can easily go wrong when you don't pay attention to what you're listening to? True? True. We don't need any boots, but we do need some troops to advance this word. Amen? I don't want pussy in boots. I want troops in boots. Amen? And the Genesis tells us in the dialogue between Satan, Adam, and Eve, who told you? In other words, you listened to the wrong source. You thought this person was the right source, but it was the wrong source. So, who tells you things is very, very key. You know, if you can hear it from God's mouth, then when it comes from another person's mouth, it should only back up what you've already heard. Rather than that person being the first time you've heard it. Because that's called the witness. We need the witness of the Holy Spirit. Not just... If if I've never heard... Things and people, and I'm trying to direct Chris. And I'm just, an, uh, you know, I'm just a guy he's met, and I'm trying to direct his life. He'd be a fool to listen to me. I'm not asking him to acknowledge or listen, but he'd be a fool to take my advice if God hasn't spoke. Wait for God to confirm. Yes. If God doesn't confirm, I'm just a car park prophecy. Yes. Ignore me. It's very dangerous when people can't hear God, and then they run to and fro to listen to somebody else as a substitute. When there is no substitute for God. God's your father. Listen to dad. He's safe. So when the church begins to hear God, then the church will begin to follow. So when you look at why the church isn't following God, it's because the church is not hearing God. Because hearing and obeying go together. Amen? Once we know the voice of God we can stay clear of the strangers and dangers. Because there's a lot of strangers out there who come in the name of God. Who come in the name of the Lord. And with a stranger, there's always a danger. What do we tell our children? Don't speak to strangers. But in the church, we speak to them all the time. If you're going to be a friend of God, carry his language. So in John chapter 10, in fact, for those who were at our prayer meeting this morning, Andy read this out to us. John 10 says, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they, what? They They know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. So the danger stranger, there it right is. They never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him. Why? Because it's the smart thing to do. But they don't recognize a stranger's voice. But in the church, very often, we listen to a stranger's voice. And then he says in John 10, 27, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and, I, and they follow me. That's important. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. So the, the thing is, is you've got to be a sheep. You've got to be one of his sheep. Now, I know you get this, this little image of this furry little thing. This furry little thing that's all cuddly, which is disease-ridden animal, who's a stubborn, numbskull. It's great for eating. It's great for wearing its coat. But the nature of the animal, the nature of the animal is not good. Because it's, it doesn't think. Now, Jesus never says to to you, follow me blindly. He says, think, consider, weigh up, acknowledge, take responsibility. Any preacher ever tells you, just open your mind, don't listen, just follow, say to him, bye. Because the one thing God never says to you is let go of your mind. Because Eastern religions will say, open up your mind. Just see the ball. See it bouncing. See the sheep. No. No. Keep hold of your mind. It's yours. Amen? That's why the phrase comes, have you lost your mind? Well, most people didn't lose it. They give it away. Uh, And in giving it away, they lose it. So don't ever open your mind to numbskulls. Okay? Promise me you won't do it? Yeah, I bet. So there are, how many of you know that in this world there are many noises, there are many voices. This morning we heard the sound of many waters as we worshipped in the Lord's presence, many voices, many words, many contributors as we all began to worship and each one's releasing their heart, each one's releasing different things to the Lord and the Lord can hear every word and he has no problem hearing, he has no problem considering, he has no problem acknowledging what you've said because God is the ultimate communicating machine. I don't know how he does it. He's definitely not a man. He's definitely not a woman. He's God. He has that capacity to be able to multitask. Simultaneously, how many people just in this last 5 minutes have spoke to God around the world? And everyone he can he can individualize and respond to. It's amazing. You don't ever want to be God for five minutes, never mind a day. Don't ever want to be Bruce Almighty. Have you ever seen the movie? You've seen all those prayer requests in the movie, the filing cabinet? You never want to be Bruce Almighty. Just be considered, just know God Almighty. No, don't want to be Bruce Almighty. But there are so many noises and voices that distract us from hearing the voice of God. Every time Donald Trump stands up, is he a voice or is he a noise? Is he a distraction? Is he an irritation? I'll let you work out. Every time any politician stands up and speaks, there's a million sounds that come out the mouth. Most of them is called lies. It flows like a river. But the point is so many people listen to their voice. So let me just give you some voices that you'll all be familiar with. You ready? The first voice that you listen to every day is the voice of pain that comes from your human body. Do you know pain is a loud voice? And the older you get, you seem to develop them. When I talk about pain in your body, I'm not talking about to, the, to the man or the woman at the side of you. Call Your husband or your wife. I'm not referring to your relationship. I'm talking about the pains inside your own body. As I notice as I get older, my joints start creaking. I've noticed my hips are starting to, and I say, hey, get in line. Don't, don't limit this stallion. Don't limit this stallion. And the body has a voice. Do you know your thirst has a voice? It has a craving, doesn't it? Thirst. When you're, when, when you, when you're really thirsty, all you, can think, all you can think about is water or a nice cold drink. Is that not true? And it's this voice saying, get me to a tap. Get me a drink. What about your emotions? Your emotions. Here's a classic emotion. I don't feel like. Can't be bothered. Can't be mithered. Anybody heard that voice? Yeah. In fact, some of you were not here this morning. Listen to that voice. Around about nine o'clock they thought, can't be mithered. I'm staying at home, staying in bed. And then around about 12 o'clock, they think, you know, I should have gone this morning. As they tuck it into their bacon butty. What about internal cravings? Anybody ever had an internal craving? I could just murder a curry. I could just murder. You walk past a fish and chip shop and you smell divine salt and vinegar. You go, "Mm, holy ghost, She's speaking tongues. And you think, oh, you know what, I put... I've got it in my mind now, I've got to go and get fish and chips. It's amazing how a smell can then follow by an action. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. To me, bacon is the ultimate torture. You smell bacon in the morning, you just think, oh, Lord, I know it's you. I know because you showed Peter that same vision on the roof. So I must be an apostle now, I must be validated by you because you showed Peter that, and now you're showing me. No. So the body, what about when you've got, when you lack certain minerals in your body? When your body needs certain minerals, it begins to crave, it begins to speak. Some days, you need a sugar rush. And you feel absolutely, like some days when I'm in the gym, I can go to a gym, I can do a certain amount of exercises, I know I can do them dead easy, and other times I go in I just think, I feel absolutely like someone's just pulled the plug and I need sugar. Or a curry. I'm not sure which one it is, but. When you have mineral deficiency, it has a voice. Give you another one. What about the voice of your own human mind? It speaks to you every day. So the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, you have a, your voice will speak for food. Feed me. I need something to eat. I need a coffee. I need a cup of tea. If it's a beer, you're in trouble. But the voice of your human mind, why is it loud? Because it comes with speculation, suspicion. Suspicion is the worst voice to ever hear. Because you can never prove suspicion. It lives inside your mind. Speculation is rumours. And rumours and suspicion i oh, sorry, speculation uh, go, go together, don't they? You are constantly in a turmoil and they send you on a downward spiral. Yeah. These are voices that you and I have to learn to listen to and overcome and push back out of our territory. Because yeah. these are real voices because God made you flesh and blood. But you have to take control of these voices because these voices actually have a way of actually hindering you and actually determining your actions. Is that not true? So speculation, what about doubts? What about fear? Fear is a powerful voice. Yesterday my fears came true. 2-0 up, 3-2 down. Lord, what happened? Where was Jesus? Where was Jesus when we needed him? What is the point of having Jesus and he do not work for you? oh I tell you but it's good for the soul it's good to take a beating my body gets buffeted by him and by others but I will say of the Lord you are my stronghold and my refuge and there's always next week so that's joking aside that's for somebody who doesn't know what happened yesterday we lost if you want to know again that 's ask somebody else I'm, I'm all shook up What about anxiety and worry? There's millions of people being contained by fear and anxiety and worry. It's crippling them. It's a voice. It has to be dealt with. It has to be overcome. It has to be pushed out of our territory because it's a very, very real, serious voice that lives inside of us. How many of you know that? And these things block you from hearing the voice of God. And you interpret God through these emotions. And this is very dangerous because God is God and you are you. And God has to speak through the sound. He has to speak through the noise, through the confusion. And for you to get that message through the confusion is very difficult at times. And this is why God gets blamed for all kinds of things. And it's so important that emotions are the number one, I think. I have often said... And I've not heard any other person say it, so I'm going to be the first to claim it. I've always said the greatest gift any leader can have is not vision. You can go through all the superpowers that leaders have. For me, the greatest gift any leader can have is emotional stability. Why do I say that? Think of emotional stability like a matchstick. It's not strong, is it? But everything will sit on that. Every weight every concern, every circumstance will sit on emotions. And if your emotions can be destabilized, every gift you have, every talent you have, every bit of knowledge you have will all come crashing down because you have a weak emotional base. Jesus was the most stable, emotional guy we ever heard about in life. And Jesus could take the whole worries of the world on himself. He was the matchstick. And yet... He was undefeatable. Amen? And you and I, God wants to build you so that to the world's eye, you look so fragile, you look insignificant. But yet, God can build his church on people like you and me. Emotionally stable is what every woman wants her husband to be emotionally stable. Every man wants his wife to be emotionally stable. Every employee wants their boss to be emotionally stable why because if you've got an unstable emotional pharaoh at the head it's going to create tyranny for the workforce yes so I try to be as stable as I can albeit I don't always succeed but what I do have is the ability to remove myself I'll walk around the block I'll go home but I won't fire up in front of everybody why because you deserve that I have to show you, there's a way of approaching you, just like I've got to try and help you, to show you there's a way of approaching me. There's a way of approaching God. God never comes to you emotional. But we are emotional, but we have to, this is why the fruit of self-control is here. Why? Because rage is a fool. Rage will do things that it regrets and consequences it cannot always reverse. So, the Bible talks about the fool. There's four different levels of fool in the Bible if you, if you research it. And I won't go into them today. But do you know, a fool cannot take a city. Proverbs tells us that. So, we've got to be careful of the human emotions. The next thing, got, the next voice you've got to hear, beware of it, is the voice of men. Yeah. The voice of men is a strong voice. We're surrounded by people's voices, people's opinions. We turn the news on. And you know the news is a very, is a very crafty, cynical machine. Because it tells you what you want, what, it, what it's being fed. It wants you to know certain things and it feeds the news in such a way. When there is no news, they present it to you like there is news. And when there is major news sometimes, they'll try and throw a curveball in there to deflect the real news. And what they do, they have the habit of, think of news like bread. They throw enough seed on the floor to keep the chickens pecking and following. And when you're following, the real news is over here. So I like what Donald says about fake. But what Donald doesn't realize is when he's saying it, half of it's fake when he's saying it. But everyone's happy now with this word fake. Fake. He's brought this word out to in the open called fake. And I like that because now I can say, Well, Donald, you're fake. Yeah. Not all the time it's fake. But the thing is, we know it's fake. But we just don't know when it is fake. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. We know yeah. this fake. We know the papers lie. Yeah. We know journalists lie. We know politicians lie. We know that. But do you know when they're doing it? True? Yeah. So... The voices of men, how do the voices of men come? They come through opinions, they come through counsel, they come through philosophy, they come through doctrine, they come through politics, and they come through theories, hypotheses. All those things is what we call IQ intelligence or the IQ quadrant. And I read a great scripture from Job this week about knowledge. And I just thought, you know, man on his best day is not as smart as he thinks. God is so smart. God is so clever that man isn't. So the voice of the human body, the voice of the human mind, the voice of men or the voices of men. How many of you know Karl Marx? How many of you know Lenin? How many of you know Hitler. How many of you know that behind these voices atrocities appeared? Yeah. These were voices. How many have you know that every time you read this book is this a book of just black and white paper uh, black and white ink on white paper? Why? Why? Okay. Keep going. Why? You're nearly there. You're nearly there. I want to hear the words it's a person it's a person speaking the word became flesh where does it become flesh? in you now to some people it's just black and white ink on a book but to understand and listen you need to look for the person behind the words he's a person he became the word he is the word of God true? so When we read a book, we've got to be very careful because books speak. Books carry spirit. My word is spirit and in truth. Right? It's life. So if if God's word is spirit, how about the 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 opposite? Philosophies are voices. They carry spirits. Our world is governed by philosophies, theories, um, laws, rules, you know, speculation, all those kind of things. They all come from the seat of education. Yeah? Now you know why I never went to school. What about the voice of demonic spirits? Now this is the one that the church gets wrong the most. Because everything they don't like, and everything that looks weird, gets put in that bracket call. that must be demonic. Well you know, they might have put you in that same box. That's why we have discernment of spirit. But what we want to do is use human opinion, human deduction, human speculation, and call it weird. But weird. Don't, well, let's be spiritual. It's not weird. Let's call it demonic. Because demonic sounds makes me sound more spiritual. No. It might be wrong. It might be erroneous. It doesn't mean to say it's got demonic attached to it. Wrong can be wrong without being demonic. I can be a numpty and an idiot without being demonic. Do you know what I know? Ask me wife. But when spirits are in place, chaos and havoc run amok. These are real voices. When you go into certain areas in our city, you know when you go into certain areas, certain spirits run certain areas. Certain areas are known for for certain kinds of activity. And sometimes when you walk into an area, you can feel uneasy. Yeah, and certain people, when they walk through certain areas, a certain kind of behavior begins to come upon them. Because our world is run by demonic spirits. But if you're a, spirit, if you're a child of God, you can speak to those voices. Fear doesn't have to be in you. You can be in an area where there is fear, but you can take control of that fear. Yeah. That fear does not have to be in you, but you need discernment and you need to be able to hear the voice of God yeah. in those moments. Amen. 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 You see, are you a new creation? Yes. Yes. Is the old is the old you gone? Yeah. Well, be careful. Yeah, <laughs> not all of it. Yeah. The new creation says. I come from a different world. I'm born of a different spirit. I have a different seed living inside of me. I have a heavenly father. We are above the circumstance, not in the midst of the circumstance. Does that make sense? Jesus, we work from a place of victory and authority rather than a point of fear and insecurity. So it takes a different thinking. To be able to walk through the midst of chaos and position yourself with that mindset. Does that make sense? Rather than be feared and run for your life. Now that doesn't mean to say you go into certain areas and just be an idiot. You know, where you need, use wisdom where wisdom needs to be used, obviously. What about the voice of your recreated spirit? Hmm. I've just asked you, are you a new creation? The moment you became a new creation, God recreated your spirit. Okay? So God gave you a new hard drive. Okay? And in this hard drive, you're able to process, store, respond to everything the Holy Ghost is saying. Now, we know with hard drives, they can be contaminated, can't they? But you've got the incorruptible seed. The incorruptible seed, the Bible tells us, it will not perish, fade or spoil. So this inner voice, this inner spirit that you've got it's called the recreated. God took your old nature and he planted his spirit inside of you. So he recreated what was already contaminated inside of you. That is now, we'll call it this word. You'll know this word. It's called the conscience of God, which sits inside your spirit so that your conscience has to be conscious of God. So when God speaks, he speaks to the voice of your conscious conscience, which is your spirit. So that's how you can discern. That's how you can know. That's how you can hear. That's how you can follow. Why? Because God's speaking not to your mind but to your recreated spirit, the part that now has direct connection to him. When the veil got removed, broadband got put in, now you're not contactless, now you are chipped and pinned, remember? You're chipped and pinned, and God, you've got the access code to get into heaven. Heaven's got the access code to speak into you. So now you can be guided by the recreated spirit. Amen? Amen? It's called the voice of your inner conscience. So I I know this voice now. I'm training myself to hear this voice more and more. I've got a long way to go, but I'm training. Amen? What about the voice of the inner witness of the Holy Ghost? The voice of the inner witness. These are voices that you need to train yourself to hear. When we say hearing God, do you understand the number one problem in this room... In this room is hearing God. Why? Because the number one problem in the church worldwide is hearing God. How do I hear God? I can't hear God. I don't know it's God. Here's the number one question that most Christians ask. We're all trying to get clearer in that area. Yes? Was it God? I'm not quite sure. This morning I'm saying, God, you're not a God of confusion. And I heard the voice back saying, You're right. You're right. I'm not a God of confusion. So what am I saying? Okay. Now he puts it back on me. So what am I saying then, Tony? Ah, okay. All right. My spirit wanted to go this way, but then wisdom came into me and said, but if you sow the seed, the ground's not being watered. Ah, thank you, Lord, for that wisdom. I just need to know God's speaking. Am I expecting... The big thumb to come out of heaven and going, <clears throat> or. No, I've got to be able to listen to the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. The inner voice of the Holy Ghost. There isn't one man who's got the monopoly on this, no. there was only Jesus. Yeah. We're all trying to learn how to understand the voice of God. So I'm going to help us this morning on this journey. Is that okay? Because I want you to be able to hear God very clear. And then I want, when you come and tell me you've heard the voice of God. I want the inner witness in my spirit to say, that sounds like God. Yes? Rather than going, well, I better go and pray about it now. No, we need the inner witness. I tell you what, if Phil says to me, I believe God's saying this. He might take me six months to get to the voice that he's heard. But if I'm in the same zone, if I can get an inner witness... We can get to action a lot quicker. True? But if I've got to wait for everybody to get onto the same page, or you've got to wait for everybody to get on the same page, how many pages is in your book? You might not even have enough pages to get on my page. And vice versa. So we've got to be, we've got to train ourselves in this. Now, the wonderful thing about God is this. He has built into his capacity the word called wrong. Failure. Mistake. God is not phased by you making a mistake. God is not phased by... I won't call it failure. We'll call it a mistake. Because it's training. So you can't make a mistake. You cannot not make a mistake when you are being trained. That's the whole idea of training. Is you learn to iron out your flaws and your mistakes. Is that not true? And we're okay with mistakes. We're okay with mistakes. If you say it's God... And it ain't God, we'll talk about it. You won't get shot. You won't get shot. But we will talk about it. Why? Because you'll never learn. You'll never learn if that's the case. If you just say, that was wrong, don't talk to her again. What good was that? Come on. We've got to get it wrong in order to get it right. That's how we learn the voice of God. So, the man who never made a mistake, what did he do? He never made anything. The spirit bears witness with my spirit, with your spirit. So when Mary and Elizabeth, they're both pregnant. Yes, get this. They're both carrying child. And what happens? The Holy Ghost has dealt with them differently. Spoke to them differently. Different times in different places. There was no email. No FaceTime. No Instagram. Anything on Snapchat. There was none of that around. God dealt with them individually at different times. Okay? What happens when they came into the same room? The baby leapt. The baby leapt. And what did they say? Blessed are you. Blessed are you. And there was an instant witness about what God had said to them both independently. That's the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. So... To one sense, it makes you pregnant with the same seed as the other person. And when you both speak it, there's a witness. Do you know that's the very thing I've been thinking of? There's a witness. Do you know what? That same thought came into my mind. Does it sound spiritual? No, but it is spiritual. It is spiritual. Why? Because the very thought that was in your mind is in this person's mind. It took two people to come together for there to be a witness. Can I get a witness in the house? Very often, no. Why? Because people are not on the same page, and this is the problem. When when it comes to people coming into the house of the Lord, if people can't hear the voice of God, and the pastor never teaches the people to hear the God, hear the voice of God, all he's ever going to want them to do is say, "Shout Amen." The pastor wants them to agree with him. That's not what we're about. I don't want you to agree. I want you to witness. I want the same witness that's in my spirit to be the same witness in your spirit. There's no point in being like that. What's the point of that? And that's why you get in a lot of churches, come on, can I have a strong amen? Yeah, amen, amen. So we all go, amen, 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 amen. But did anybody understand? Did anybody witness? So, I know the preacher wants some feedback. But we don't just need amen we need witness yeah. Yeah. so when afterwards people come up to me and say you know what you said this morning really witness with me ah, so we hit the same frequency yes that's good so during the night Acts 16 9 during the night Paul had a vision and of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him come over to Macedonia come over to Macedonia Come over to Macedonia and help us. I feel like that Macedonian. (laughs) Come over to the dream centre and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. The dream became a witness soon as he saw it in the dream, the Macedonian saying, come over and help us. He didn't have to go to his pastor. He didn't have to go to the elders. He didn't have to do this and say, I've got to pray about it six months. And my vision, I saw the vision of a man. What does it mean? What does it mean? Instantly he concluded. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because he was in that zone. He was in that zone of hearing God. So, if I did show you this. How would you know you've, you've heard the inner voice of the Holy Spirit? Well, you don't need to turn those scriptures. You put them up there for your reference should you want them. I'm going to read them to you and see if you can pick out the key words. So God created man in his own image. In the image, God created them, male and female, and he created them. Genesis 5. When Adam lived 130 years, so he's an old man. He had a son in his own likeness, so he can still produce. He had a son in his own likeness, in his own image. And he named him Seth. Romans. For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his own son. That we might be the firstborn among many brothers. 1 Corinthians 15. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man from heaven, as was the earthly man. So are those who are of the earth, and and it is the man from heaven, it's it's complicated language this. So also are those who are in heaven. And just as we have been born of the likeness of the earthly man, so we shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Lastly, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And we who with unveils will all reflect the Lord's glory and being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord who is in his spirit. All the way through these scriptures, we are reading the word image. We're reading the word likeness. We're conformed into the image and the likeness of God. So if God, if Jesus is the exact representation... Of his father. And you've been created. In the image, likeness and nature of Jesus Christ. Then you've got what Jesus has got. Now does Jesus have 24-7. Eternity, communication, dialogue with God. Does Jesus ever have a problem understanding what his father said. Did you ever hear Jesus pray at any time saying, Father, I wasn't quite sure. Did you mean? You never heard Jesus say that. Why? He had 100% clarity of what his father had said. So what does that give us? It gives us the belief that you and I can hear God speak to us just like Jesus hears his own father. Why? Because we're made of the same stuff. We are made to respond to our Father. And by this Spirit we cry, Abba, Father. We have His Spirit, we have His nature, and His nature is to communicate. True? We have His nature. I love the fact that I've got God's nature. There's no reason I can say to God, God, you've got to help me understand why. Because I need this. Lord, it is my divine right to hear you. It is my divine right to understand you. You have created me to to understand. Why? Because when I understand, I can respond. And I can keep on responding to the measure of understanding. Now, I can also respond without any understanding because it's called obedience. And as as I respond through obedience, understanding then comes. Yes, you don't have to understand first in order to respond. Obedience comes first and understanding comes, but you will come into understanding. When you obey first, it's so important. I don't know about you, but I've got more questions than I've had answers. Have you, have you never felt like that? I got more questions about God than he's given me answers. But he says, you know what? The answers you have got are enough to keep you going and keep asking me for more. I say, okay, Lord. You're smart. When we follow God, remember this. Remember what I'm about to say now. When you follow God, you follow God from what he has revealed to you, not what you do not understand. That is the starting point. You understand. You follow God based on what God has spoken and revealed to you, not based on what you don't understand and you're waiting to understand. Yeah. Yes? We don't necessarily have to have the fulfillment of what God has spoken. We just need a starting point. When God said to us, create the discipleship school, how many of you know, we have still got more questions than we've got answers. But God says, Tony, if you don't start this thing, how will you ever see what I can do? And I'm saying, Lord, well, what, what, what?" Blah, 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 blah. He says, shut up. Just follow. I've got this idea. I'll talk, you listen, and you follow. You know the same conversation I had with the disciples, follow me and I'll make, is the same one I'm having with you. Ah, but what ah but ah but what? Ah but what? I'll speak, you'll listen, then I'll turn around and start leading, and at that point there's either a gap gonna appear, or you're gonna follow. And if I turn around and start walking and you're not behind me, I'll take that as you didn't follow. Very simple. It's very simple. But I don't understand. That wasn't the condition. That's not what I said to you. Are you listening? I will turn around like this, and I'll turn around. And if you're behind me, then I know that you've listened to me and you're trusting me enough to follow me. If I turn around you're not there, I'll keep walking. But my ears are so tuned that whatever what point you call, I can turn around. But meanwhile, while you're not following me and doing what I told you to do, I will keep leading. Why? Because my responsibility is to keep on leading. We've both got a responsibility. Mine is to lead. Yours is to follow. And in your following, you might get to be a leader yourself. But if you can't show your followers that you can follow me, then your leadership is of no value. Wow. We must lead... From what God has revealed. Not what we don't know. And that is so difficult for us at times. Because we think we're owed an explanation. Oh yeah. God, why do you let this happen? And then when we're not feeling in a circumstance and we're feeling chipper one day. We read our Bible and we say, and God uses all things for his glory. And on that day, we go, oh, he uses all things for his glory. When you're laughing at somebody else and looking at somebody else's mess, oh, God will use it for his glory. But when you're in the, when you're in the midst of snot and, and, snot and tears, it's, oh, God, why, 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 tell me, explain, Lord. You, you feel so cruel. Come on, be honest. And all things work together. Except the church. All things work together except the church. All things work together for the good. So your mess becomes your message. And when your mess becomes your message, then you realise that all things work for the good. Because out of that mess came a message and that message is good. True? But none of us want the mess. You can't have a birth of a baby... Without there being some blood. Without a mess. True? And you've got to trust someone down there. To bring forth what you're carrying up here. True? And at that point all you can do is scream. And shout. And confirm. And. Well sometimes it's okay. It's cold faith. Sometimes you, you might have a, have a moment, but you still, still trust enough to birth what you've been carrying. Yeah. Yeah. True? Yeah. And I always think of these fellows who faint. When they go to the wife's birth. And then they faint on the floor. And you imagine the wife going, well, you were a fat lot of good, weren't you, at this moment of time? And the fellows go, oh, I was overwhelmed by what I saw. You think you're overwhelmed? You get up here and you have a push. You didn't faint, did you, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> you went, huh? Query, yeah. Uh, I, I did that when he gave me the bill. Blood, all right, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Ready for this? God will hold himself accountable. God will hold himself accountable To his spoken word. But he will not hold himself accountable to your interpretation of it. God will hold himself accountable to his own word. Either Lord do not change, either Lord do not lie. But he will not hold himself accountable to your interpretation. And the reason why, because he knows there are many voices. That flow in and out of you at any given time, you can interpret a scripture in the completely the wrong way and then begin to pray about that and then get then get frustrated with God because he won 't answer God can 't change his word for your circumstance God can only operate from who he is and what he is and what he said he will do yeah many many times we miss interpret scripture because of human emotions yeah what we want to hear who doesn't want to be inspired who doesn't want to be blessed but who's ever heard that word consecrate yourself forgive let go who's ever heard the other word give tithe put your money into the store or get behind me Satan That must be the voice of the enemy telling me to give money. We can interpret scripture according to how we feel on that day. On any given day, we can interpret scripture any way we feel. And this is why we must consider. This is why we must keep going back to the word and saying, Father, did I get this right? Confirm it to me again, Lord. And God will confirm it to us because we know. Now, it doesn't mean to say the day you heard it, you was emotional and you, you misunderstood. I'm saying there are many voices that go through our hearts and minds at any one given day. That's why if there's a witness, it's got to continually being a witness. Yes? Yes? So God will not hold himself, because God will only hold himself accountable to his word, but he will not hold himself accountable to your interpretation or my interpretation of it. I can say God says so easy. And we've all done it from time to time. However, God's saying, did I really say that? Imagine the Holy Spirit saying, you didn't say that. But Jesus. Jesus saying, no, you didn't say that, Dad. Why? Because we remember everything. You didn't say that and I didn't say that. But he said we said that. No, we didn't say that. No, God's never forced into doing something that he never said. When God makes a promise, he knows exactly what he promised. But you know children, children, children don't hear correctly. Because they didn't hear the word no, they mean everything means yes. No, 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 no. Yes does, no, or silence does not mean yes, silence does not mean no. Silence can mean many things. Silence can mean you're not ready to hear what the answer is. You know that movie, The Truth? The truth is you can't handle the truth. Well, that's very often the case with us. The truth is we're not always built for a no. We're not always built for, well, okay, if this is going to happen, this, is, this has now got to be the case. No, no, we just want to hear yes. I don't like no. I don't like no. Because many times when I'm praying, I honestly believe... That one I'm praying is a yes prayer. Have you ever felt like that? I remember once, I've said this to you, so some of you before, I remember praying for a house. And it was a house around the corner in the Moravian settlement. Carol and I thought, let's get the mortgage off our back. We'll be free. We'll have all this money. And this, these houses around here, nice houses in a cheap location. And I thought, but beautiful setting. And I went for this house and I prayed and I fasted and I prayed and I fasted and I prayed and I fasted. And I put my application in, believing God was going to give me a house. I was get, going to get this monkey off my back called a mortgage. And I got a no. And I remember saying to God in my bedroom, You're tight. You're tight. I could have had this mortgage off my back, but you did not yet. Yeah, and I remember going to task with Him. And I mean, little did I know, what right does the clay have to speak to the potter? And I remember thinking, whoa. Later on in life, God begins to show me why he didn't give me that house. Now I go, ha, you're smart, you are. <laughs> I know why you're father and I'm not. And it's like, shut your mouth. Stop whinging. Trust me that I'm your father. Trust me that I know what is good for you. And you know what? I learned that. But guess what? There are sometimes. This is what I felt what God was saying to me is this. Tony, I'm just saying this. Put that chair there. That's God. He says, sometimes, son, when you're young and you're immature and you're stupid, you'll come before me and you'll, you'll release your frustration. Right? He said, I'm big enough to take your hit. But guess what? Once you've done it once, you're never coming back to me like that again. No, I'm going to teach you how you're going to come back to me. Because you, you and I won't have this relationship much longer if you keep approaching me like that. True? So the next time I come before the Lord, oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Uh, and I'm kind of, now I'm cautious. And I'm, I'm learning there's a protocol to come before the Lord. But when I'm young and immature, I got away with it. But now I'm getting mature, there's a way I must approach him in order to hear his voice. I can't be berating God every time to force God's hand up his back to speak to me. God says, son, you're a son, I'm a father. You cannot keep approaching me as your father like that and expect me to respond in kind. Do you realize with the breath of my nostril, I could just finish you? Ah, now I start to understand the fear of the Lord because now there's a wisdom So, I've realized after long, long immaturity, (laughs) bouts of immaturity, that there's a way to approach the Father. And it's not by screaming and moaning and complaining, albeit I might feel like that. So he says, Tony, how about you exercising some of that self-control I gave you? Okay, Lord. So now, I've learned, or I'm learning, that when there's no answer... There's a reason. So my question is now, Lord, show me, is there anything in my heart that's stopping this? Or there's a particular thing I'm going through at the moment where I won't say too much about, and I'm searching for the answer of God, and I'm doing something the other week, and as I'm walking, this piece of wisdom came into my mind that took away the weight of frustration out of my heart. He says, this is the wisdom that came into my mind. What is it you don't know? Why don't you ask what you don't know? Ah, there are things going on behind the scene that you don't know. This is the reason why sometimes you don't get an answer because God's doing things behind your back rather than in front of your face. God's setting the scene and arranging the parts while you're still walking and trusting him in faith and believing on him. God is doing things behind their back. And I know there are other players involved behind the scene. Yeah? There are other things going on behind the scene that you and I have no idea. But in the meantime, will you trust me enough to follow me? Yes? Do you, do you think that to grow a church, to build a church, and when I say build a church, we're not talking about just increasing numbers, we're talking about you build, if you want to build a church, you build people. If, you have not, if your people are not built, you don't, have a, you don't have a church. So building people takes a strategy of God. How does your heart change? How does my heart change? Well, it changes by men hearing God speaking that word first, and then those who hear it then work with that word. True? All that is process. None of us have got like this overnight. None of us, how many of you know that? None of us have got like this overnight. So in the meantime, I just have to keep hearing God. Now, here's the thing. God spoke to me a couple of weeks, well, a couple of months ago actually, about something. I'm not going to say what it is. And instantly as it came into my spirit, I got up off my desk, I put my coat on, and I went to where God told me to go. I went and I did what God told me to do. I didn't have time to think about it. I didn't have time to ask him, is this you, Lord, or not? I just wanted to see how quick I could respond to what God said. So I did it. Now, am I 100% sure God spoke? No. Am I 70% yes? So what did I work on? I could work on the 30% I didn't have and say that's enough reason for me not to go. Unless I get 100%, I'm not going. Right. Now what I felt God was asking me to do was of no serious consequence if I got it wrong. In this particular instance. But guess what? If I get it right, who knows what's behind the scene? And it was at this point I began to see I've got this distinct feeling, whoa, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than just I thought. This is not just about me doing what you asked me. This, there's a whole bigger issue behind the wall. He says, I'm glad you've got that in your spirit. Why? Because that will enable you to trust me when you still don't see it. Now, I've now repeated what God's asked me to do three times. Have I got any more word on it? No. Have I got, as, as an angel dropped a scroll down from heaven, did I feel the angel say to me, eat this, it tastes like honey. This is the word of the Lord, eat it. No. Did I see the thumb come out of heaven going, fan dabby dozy son, well done. No. Was it raining when I went out? Yes. Did I have to do what I have to do? Yes. It was simple. Arise. Put your coat on and go and do. And then I'm praying in the legacy center, just about to have my dinner. I hear the Lord say to me, we're on again. Okay. Down, coat on, go and do it again. And at this time I'm thinking, because at this time I hadn't come to the final conclusion that there was something bigger. And I'm thinking, you're up to something here, aren't you? So I got this, all I'm going on is an inner witness. All I'm going on is, am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I'm not quite sure, not quite sure, but I'm still doing something. Yeah. Yeah. The third time, that's when the epiphany came. This is bigger than you, son. You're asking questions that you have, that's a bit above your pay grade at this point in time. So you keep trusting me and I'll promote you and you'll get level two clearance and you'll get some understanding at level two. But there might be, I don't know how many stairs are up there. I don't know how many levels of clearance I might need. But right now, I've got level one clearance. Some of you are looking for level three clearance, and you haven't even got level one. Some of you have got hopes and dreams, and you haven't even learned to work on level one. But you want level two, and you're complaining, God, why haven't you answered? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't? Why, why, why? He says, son, you haven't even got level one clearance yet. You've got all authority, you've got all power, but you've not used it. When you start using what I've given you, then you get level two, then you get level three, then you get level four, and whatever levels we need. To go through every door, you need a level of clearance of the Holy Ghost. How many of you understand that? You need a level clearance. I'm finishing, because I've got no way I'm going to finish you this. Last scripture, Isaiah 30. Please, if you're in your Bible, just turn this scripture to me and I'll finish on this because it's a good place to land. We cannot be trying to hear God and trying to obey God when our circumstances are speaking to us. God speaks above the circumstance. How many of you know that? And listen as much as it, it sounded spiritual every time God speaks you can 't keep putting a fleece out. It was an old Testament happening. it happened once we 've got to walk by faith in the new testament i 'm not saying a fleece is wrong, but it can 't be at every t- it can 't be every time and uh, if, you, if this is you, God, show me. Okay, I'm not quite sure, Lord. Show me again, Lord. Show me again, Lord. Show me again, Lord. That's what I mean by a fleece. No, you've got to learn to respond. The quicker you can respond, the more you can go. The more you can do. But here's a scripture I want to leave with us today. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left. this is what I, This was me this morning. Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying... This is the way, walk in it. Whether you turn to the left or turn to the right, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. If you're trusting God, if you're trusting God, if you are trusting God, do something. Do something. Don't get so caught up that I have to have right it has to be right. Is it the right? I just need to know. I can't turn left. It's got to be right. No. If you're trusting God, trust the voice to lead you. Yeah. It's okay if you turn left. Yeah. I said it's okay if you turn left. Why? Because the voice will bring you round. Hello? It's okay if you turn right and you should have been going left. As long as you're trusting him, he'll turn you around. Yeah. It's okay, folks. It's okay. As long as you trust in him, now as you more you trust him, you'll know the way. You won't keep coming to that place, is it right, is it left, is it right, is it left? Because that can, can be a point of confusion. But there'll be a point in you, there'll be always a point in your life where you're not quite sure is it right or left. Keep walking and let God bring you round. Let him bring you round to his will. But the more clearer you get, the more there's a witness going on. You'll know this is the way, walk in it. Right now I feel, I'm. When I, when I was doing what I was doing for the Lord, I just don't know if I turn right or I turn left. But you know what, I, just, I don't really care. I feel like whatever I've gone left or right, I still feel I'm going to come back to centre point. I'm going to get some scenery on that side, and I'm going to get some experiences on that side. And guess what, when I will come to this point again, I'll go, I know the way. I know what to do. Now my faith will be at a point where I'll say to other people, that's 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 the left turn you need. That's the right turn you need. Because there's always points in our life when we don't know if it's left or right. How many of you ever been to a left or right? That's why when we come to a crossroads, if you ask the Lord the good way and then walk in it. And right now as a church... There are some definitely left turnings I know we need to take. There are some right turnings we need to take. But right now in my personal walk with the Lord, something that he's talking to me about what's going to affect us, I'm not quite sure it's left or right. But guess what? It's not consequential. Moving is not consequential. Not moving is. Do you understand that? Not doing something is more damaging than doing something. Trust, trust him, trust him to lead you. oh it might get a bit hairy, it might get a bit hot, it might get a bit scary. Trust him, trust in the Lord and lead, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge Him and he'll make your paths straight. Amen. And I will say of the Lord he is my refuge. Is this helping you? For goodness sake, turn left or right. Make a choice. Go one way or the other. And trust him to bring you back to centre point. Did Peter turn left? When, when, he heard the cock, when, when he denied Jesus, what do you think that was? It was a serious left turn. But when Jesus stood on the beach and reinstated him, what did he do? Bring him right back. God knows... If you just, God knows we're on a journey. God knows the difference between someone who's learning and someone who's stupid. Judas never got, Judas turned right and never got back to center point. Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Ghost. They never come back. But as long as you're trusting in the Lord, the Lord will always bring you back. With that, let's rise to our feet, please. oh Jesus. Jesus Jesus now all I've done just then was released what I felt was in my spirit it's now up to these people if there's a witness in their hearts then we know it's God speaking to us amen If there's a witness of the Holy Spirit in their hearts, they'll know, this sounds like God to me. Neither neither, in any one of those words have I told them to give me anything, do anything. All I've done is just encourage them to stand strong in that position. And the voice of the Holy Spirit must become the witness, the inner guide. The inner guide. So that people can hold the word. Amen. Amen. The most important thing is, is this. I know I can prophesy. The issue is to be strategic when you prophesy. At the right time, speak at the right time. You know, if I prophesied over you every week, you become so familiar with the prophecy that it would have no power whatsoever. But when you listen, when we speak, and then the Lord says, speak over this one, speak over that one. No, not this one, Lord. Is it that one? No, not that one. No, no, not this one. Speak over this one. It has more power because it's now strategic at the right time. The right word delivered in the right mailbox on the right day is the most important thing. I'm just the mailman. Don't shoot the mailman for your bill. Yeah? Because tomorrow you'll have good news and bad news in your mail by the the mailman. It's not his fault. It's just a deliverer. So, Father, right now, we thank you for this word. And we trust you, Lord. We commit to you our hopes, our dreams, our desires, our life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause.